Carrier into the zone with Howden. Carrier shoots. He scores! A laser from William Carrier. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Connor falling over, guides it toward Carlson. Back to Connor, right wing into the zone. Connor dips through, shooting. He scores! What a move from Paul Connor! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace hanging out inside T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman's back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... Woo! At some point here in the next two hours, we endeavor to connect with Darren Millard. Maybe a little bit of technical difficulties on his end out at Studio 31. But as we move on and, and start to look at what the next three hours are going to be. And that's right. Three hours until puck drop uh, pregame show. will start with me. I'm going to preempt myself. And if we can't get Mallard figured out, I'm literally going to preempt myself. It's going to be amazing. That all being said, we're looking at Vegas and Los Angeles. This is going to be a really fun game, entertaining game. Uh, some updates on the Golden Knights, at least in terms of what the, the lineup's going to look like. We'll get into that. We'll hear from Bruce Cassidy a little bit later on in hour number two. The San Jose Sharks have won a game. Does that take all the pressure off of tomorrow against the Edmonton Oilers? Well, maybe for San Jose it does. But certainly not for Edmonton. We'll get into that. We've got one-timers, all of that coming up a little bit later. But for the Golden Knights, this is about responding, right? Like, you you look at a team throughout the majority of last season that, you know, when they have fallen behind the eight ball, when they have had moments where they've, you know, lost a game, had a setback, they've been able to right the ship and right the ship early, just like... Darren Millard was able to do at Studio 31. Darren, how you doing, buddy? I just like to sit here and listen to you guys. That's weird. No, That's creepy. why? Why, everybody else wants to listen. Why is well, that I weird? Well, I mean, it's, it's weird for you because you're an active participant of the show. No, no, I, li- I like watching Rome burn a little bit and seeing how everybody responds to it. <laughs> is that why you tried to connect like two minutes before the show? Well, because I was recording the uh, Chirp podcast. Oh, look at you. Uh, I was just doing an interview with uh, with Greg Cronin of the Anaheim mm. Ducks head coach, and it is the uh, one of the most fascinating, honest conversations I've ever had in, oh, in yeah? that platform. And he's 60 years old. He's never been a head coach in the National Hockey League before. He's mm-hmm. applied and talked uh, and interviewed with numerous teams. And after not getting the Boston job, which went to Jim Montgomery, mm-hmm. Last year, uh, he was at a point where he was starting to think, hmm, may not happen. Now, he's a wow. career hockey guy, uh, yeah. both in college, uh, head coach and National Hockey League assistant coach. But uh, he was he was at that uh, that stage and went through some challenging uh, life hurdles that, that he had to overcome uh, with with family. And it all fell into place. And now he's he's coaching in the National Hockey League. So that will be published at some point tomorrow, as mm. I was just off the phone with uh, with Greg. And we got to talk about uh, the Anaheim Ducks and the Golden Knights the other night and, and Anaheim beating them uh, for the first time and how disciplined and structured Anaheim was. But he said, even with that, 
they had trouble breaking through with Vegas, and they got they got some bounces. So we got a good conversation off the air uh, about that. And Vegas isn't a team that has to change a lot from their first regulation loss. This isn't a situation where you go, okay, we gotta they gotta bounce back. We gotta play better. We gotta we gotta really get this thing dialed in because our game got super loose and and was uh, was getting away from us. None of that is possible. This isn't an answer back game. This is play your game. And it should be competitive. The LA is is going great and they're they're ripping up the the league on the road. This game's a T-Mobile, so that plays in, into that hand. Mm-hmm. But from from the Vegas element and trying to win a hockey game, do what they've can they've done and, and do what they've done against the better teams. When they played the good teams, they've been at their best, and and I think you'll see a, a lot of that resolve tonight. And I wouldn't, I call it resolve, but I I would just call it uh, consistency in their game against the better teams. I mean, re- responding in terms of of wanting to get right back into the win column, right? Like this is a team that wants to continually put points on the board. They want to they continually build in their game, and you know I'm I'm with you in that I don't think they played poorly at all in Anaheim against the Ducks. I think that that was uh, kind of a hard luck loss if there ever was one, especially when you start to break down the third period and the bounces that that were there for for Anaheim and the ones that weren't there for the Vegas Golden Knights. But, you know, what made them such a special team last year is that they didn't have prolonged periods of time where they, you know, racked up three, four, five losses in a row. They've been able to respond and get right back into the win column. Yeah, and this is is a good game for... Uh, the Golden Knights to follow up that first loss because you've got some rest, you've got some practice time uh, between the Sunday game and the Wednesday game, and you have a divisional opponent and and a team that is right there uh, in the mix of having a great start. You would put Vancouver, Vegas, and Los Angeles all in the same mixing bowl with of, of teams that are really happy with the results. Of, of the first 10 to 15 games of the season as we approach that 15-game mark. They're all very similar. Different point totals, different win totals, but uh, they're, they're all very satisfied in their own way. Mm-hmm. So this, that immediately gets your attention from, from the Vegas Golden Knights standpoint. You, you don't have a uh, large exhale and then try to just manage the next couple of games. And let me let me position it this way: they will play San Jose. Vegas plays San Jose on Friday or on, on Friday. Yeah, it's much better that the Los Angeles game is tonight. I think from a coaching standpoint, from management looking at it, because you you have to get zeroed back in. You can't drift through a game and hope you win that game against a club that just won its first contest of the year last night you have to be solid and be structured and deliver on on your individual game and as a team you have to get right back to it and i expect that they they will be that way and then you can follow it up with with the game against san jose which we'll all talk about in the next couple of days as one of those trap games but it, it gets you back <laughs> into it right away and and i love the way that these two games are scheduled not that you have a choice you play the schedule that's in front of you but i i, I think it's it's if you talk to 
people uh, in and around the organization, I think that they would see it similarly, that that, that it's good that, that, that you've got a, a rival or a team that's you expect to be in the mix for a playoff spot or challenging you for uh, a seeding position at some point during the season as your, as your first game after that initial loss. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. I mean, it's no surprise for the Golden Knights when you start to kind of pick off their their best games of the season you look at Colorado you look at Dallas you look at the two games against Winnipeg and you look at the game that they played earlier on this season against the Los Angeles Kings this is a team that you know I, I think will will always kind of respond with their best against really really good teams they they like playing in those situations and, and getting pushed that way by uh, solid teams in the National Hockey League so I, I agree with that assessment and that you want this one against L.A. before you've got uh, the the San Jose Sharks on Friday. They're going to have to get through it in a different fashion, though. Yeah. They're going to be missing a couple of players tonight. And we're, we've become somewhat used to this team uh, <laughs> grinding through the blue line and not having their, their A guys. And they've been missing uh, at different moments of the season three of their, their top six defensemen. And that's going to be a, a similar uh, approach tonight uh, without Zach Whitecloud, who, by the way, was in a regular colored sweater today. Yep. So he is right on the cusp of making his season debut at some point uh, in the next week, whether it's Friday against San Jose or whether it's uh, next week at the start of the road trip. But they're going to be missing a couple of pizzas uh, up front. And uh, one of those is uh, the centerman in, in Chandler Stevenson so that's going to uh, cause some uh, some different looks lead to some reactions from the head coach and trying to put some combinations uh, together and Chandler Stevenson will not uh, be in the lineup which means that uh, Michael Amadio is going to, to center that line uh, William Carrier slides up uh, on, on that unit so you have Carrier, Amano, uh, Amadio and uh, Mark Stone uh, mm -hmm. together and they've, they've all played together sure i'm not sure they've all played together together <laughs> if that makes any sense like carrier's been up with stevenson and stone before yeah. matteo's played with with stone yeah. uh he skated with carrier i don't know whether that threesome though has been a unit in, in a game i'll have to go back and, and check some of my line combinations from a year ago and uh and that means jonas romberg uh is recalled uh, without stevenson in the lineup and he'll skate on the on the on the fourth line mm -hmm. with brett howden and and keegan kolasar so uh some some different uh, approaches tonight because of injury uh for the vegas golden knights in, in a crucial game yeah, and uh, one line that, that uh, you should also mention is that you're going to have uh, Paul Cotter with William Carlson and Pavel Dorofiev. Dorofiev's going to slide over to the right side, and you know for William Carlson, that's going to be interesting. You've got two youngsters uh, on your flank in this game, and we know the chemistry that he's had at different times with both Cotter and Dorofiev. I'm interested to see how that translates with all three of those guys on the ice together. Yeah, that, that one doesn't really stand out to me. To, to be honest, and maybe it's because of the, the other two lines that they've had to change uh, are, are a little bit more dramatic. Seeing uh, Ron Bjerg uh, skating with, with Howden and, and Kolasar, uh, I liked what I've seen from Ron Bjerg they've in that good. role, uh, in, a, in a bottom three or a bottom six uh, role. It's more of a bottom three or fourth line type situation uh, from, from a labeling standpoint with the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, and, and there's less pressure on him to have to put the puck in the net, and he's looked more comfortable and been more Im impactful. Uh, the the Matteo 
Stone uh, lineup uh, going out there and and uh, and making things happen uh, with with Will Carrier. That's that looks like uh, uh, a, a little bit of what you'd see coming off a power play or, or a penalty kill. Like it's just it it happens, mm-hmm. and they skate together. But then they'll get back to their regular lines. Uh, it's it's a it's a different uh, different look. Uh, Matteo has has really found his way as a winger uh, with this with this Vegas and the Golden Knights group. Uh, he has played center a bunch of center uh, in his past. But this is uh, this is uh, a, a guy that's being put in that slot because of uh, real need, not because of desire to, to test things out. So that one that one jumps out at me significantly. The, the Connor Dorfiev, Dorfiev can play both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he looks equally as comfortable on, on both sides. And when you, when you talk about chemistry with Cotter, who I think has shown spurts this year, uh, you, you'd be hard-pressed to find uh, William Carlson feeling better about his game offensively in the last four years than he is right now. And Dorofia, who loves skating with, with Carlson, I think, it's, I think it's a great mix. And uh, it, it's a line that, quite honestly, seems to, to fit. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of coaches have had... Oh, I see those guys as a line. It should work, and it doesn't. Sure. Uh, but that's a line, when I look at it, should work and shouldn't have m- need much time to find their, their game and work their way into into their game and comfort level. Yeah, I, I think that that's correct in, in looking at those three together. When, when you look at what Cotter does well and, and how well William Carlson has been playing, and again, Dorofiev has been – uh, fantastic early on in the games that he's been able to get into. Uh, I think that that line has real potential to to be one that, that could be impactful in the game tonight. Um, and then, you know, as far as Amadio, Carrier, and Stone goes, like, you know, we, we've seen Mark Stone do some pretty amazing things. And, and Michael Amadio, as you mentioned, has been, um, has really kind of found himself as a, as a strong winger in the National Hockey League and, and a, a vital piece of, of a team that is going and going well early on in the season. Uh, the, the changing of the role, having him down the middle, all of that is, is going to be really interesting to see. But, we, you know, we've got Will Carrier out there, too, who's uh, just been, been kind of building his game over the last couple as well, getting to a point where, you know, he's closer to the player that we saw last year that put up 16 goals. If, if they really are, are honest, you, you try and get through this stretch without Chandler Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And you hope you can get a little bit of production out of, the Amadio Carrier Stone unit. That's not going to be a line, but uh, but you hope you can get something out of that that group and be able to uh, chip in to the to the offense. Uh, the the Dorfee of uh, Cotter and Carlson should be productive. Uh, the fourth line I've I've enjoyed those those contributions from the three lines. Whether you want them together, whether you have to put them together. Uh, that's that's really could be made irrelevant if the first line continues what it's done. Mm-hmm. And that play by Eichel in the last three games, uh, Ivan Barbashev and Jonathan Marcheseau has been a team, uh, a line, uh, a threesome, that you can grab onto and they can carry you. And they're in, in one of those spurts right now that that they are producing on a nightly basis and are are actually producing more opportunity, way more opportunities than they're even 
uh, putting on the board. Like Jack Eichel is in, in the game two two games ago had uh, a couple of uh, breakaway shootout. Uh, like there's there's been great looks uh, or three games ago, and then he followed up with the two goals against Colorado and and the other night uh, against Anaheim. Uh, they they were a dominant line. So you you try and get through it with with the the stone line, and I'll call it the stone line, but the the top line has is is right there and the other part is most of your power play guys i know stevenson's not in there but most of your power play unit is still in in in, in there so you still have that uh part of the game to lean on yeah it'll be interesting to to see where like what kind of production they're able to get out of out of jack eichel jonathan marsh so and ivan barbashev because so often this year we talk about the depth of the Golden Knights, but you know you've got a two-game stretch here without Chandler Stevenson, and you've got your lines, um, you know, a little bit more jumbled than you usually have them. This is a, a great opportunity for Jack Eichel to kind of uh, take a charge and and have uh, and continue the stretch that he's on. He's got four points in his last two games. If Jack is able to be that productive and that successful over the next couple of games, and then you're getting more contributions from Marcheseau and Barbashev, and your power play is still working as well, then you know I think the Golden Knights will be able to find enough goals over the next couple. But you know, as you mentioned, this is one of those situations where I think you realize how important Chandler Stevenson is to the balance of this team. Chandler Stevenson and Nick Waugh. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you're going into this game without two of your four centers. Yep. And three of your six defensemen if if Alec Martinez doesn't play. Right. So you're missing half your centers and you're missing half your starting six defensemen. Yeah. It's a real challenge. What what makes it more believable and makes you more confident uh of a game that uh, that they can they can win is there's sky high confidence with with this group. Uh, where they are uh, during the, the the start of the season at eleven one and one, and that the offense has been spread around anyway, mm-hmm. and so you've got that part of it coupled with Jack going from he was he was on a twenty two goal pace a couple of games ago now he's on thirty eight, mm-hmm. uh, he was on a seventy point pace a couple of games ago now he's on uh, eighty six, so. Uh, a couple of games can can skew those numbers uh, significantly uh, towards the positive, and he's starting to feel it. And if he's feeling it, and Marchessault's feeling it, and Barbashev's on top of his game, well, there you go. And uh, they, they turn into a, a, a line. You don't want them to have to carry you all the time. That's not the DNA of this team. Mm-hmm. But if you have to, and you lean on them, and they know it as much as anybody else. If if their hot streak coincides, well, you're missing a couple of other pieces. That that's pretty good timing that that Vegas would like to lean into. You don't want them to have to carry you all the time, but there are going to be pockets inside of the season where you're going to need your best players to carry you through. And this is one of those such instances for Jack Eichel, Jonathan Marchessault, and Ivan Barbashev, the top line for Vegas. Yeah, it, the idea of offense coming from different places is great and that's the way this team is is structured and has success we've witnessed that uh, uh, a bunch of times uh, when they've gone on on great runs and it seems like one night this is the line another night that's the line uh, you your your best players still have the top totals but it seems to be more spread out 
from a uh, when you look back on a two-week segment that uh, that you got these big numbers, but they came in in different spots. Tonight, tonight might be a, a little bit different. Where you you look to a Jack Eichel to have one of those games. Not that it's imperative that they don't have other players, but uh, they're they're going to have to be a, a line because they are all out there mm-hmm. and they're able to be uh, a, a regular unit. They've got some continuity and they've been really good lately. So so take that and 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 run with it and and maybe you won't need them, but if if they can give you some really solid minutes and some chances it, it might allow everybody else to to get into the game uh sooner and be more comfortable doing it do you do you kind of put that into william carlson as well just based on how productive he's been at the beginning of the season yeah i i don't know uh, whether i go down that path mm-hmm. uh, in the sense like i think we're still like he, he's been fabulous and he's playing the best offensive hockey yeah that we've seen since year number one and he's carried over a, a marvelous Stanley Cup playoff run, which if it was a five-round journey to the Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. he might have won the Conn Smythe. Yeah. Like he, he, he was that good and, 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 and having such, such great stretches. Uh, but I don't know whether you're at a point now where you're, it's, it's fair to say we're in a tough spot with injury. We need you to put up points, which is basically what we're saying here yeah. with the Marcheseau, Jack, and, and Barbershev line. They're, they're in a tough spot. They're down two center icemen. Uh, they, they are going to be a, a team that should be. When you're missing those types of players, back end and, and forward, mm-hmm. you should be more challenged to create offense. It's, it's a reality. Uh, if you can overcome it, great, but you should be more challenged. I don't know whether it's, it's fair yet to, to say that uh, – that William Carlson is is one of those lines. I, I, I like the line. I really like the look of the line. Mm-hmm. But to be able to say, Bill, we need you to go out and we need you to, to put up some numbers tonight, uh, I'm, I'm still, uh, I still lump him in with the stone line and with the uh, fourth line with Brett Howden, uh, Keegan Colasar uh, uh, on that line with Jonas Romberg and and hopefully you get some some good minutes and and if he's playing like he has you you will get good minutes and you yeah. will get production but uh, he, I need to see I think it's just unfair to to have to do that uh, or put those expectations on him. Maybe right, and we'll we'll see kind of how the game progresses. But I I just I look at this as a, as another one of those opportunities for William Carlson, right to to continue what he's been able to do at the beginning of the year. It seems like with with a little bit um, ownership isn't the right word, but just with with a different role, right, a role that is is just his and something that he's embraced. I, I think he's he's really kind of rocketed out with with a fantastic start to the year, and you. you it seems like the more you challenge him to, to raise the level of his game, the more he does. This might be an opportunity for him to do that again. Well, there, there's a good chance you're going to see William Carlson utilized tonight in a more defensive role, mm-hmm. which puts Dorofiev under some pressure to come up with a game, which puts Paul Cotter uh, under some expectations to come up with a game. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles is a very talented face-off team. Vegas is missing two of their four centers. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know what the number will be tonight for William Carlson in draws taken, Mm -hmm. but I would anticipate that you'll see William Carlson get a lot of extra shifts uh, off defensive zone draws where he's out and it's a quick, quick change. Uh, against a Kopitar or a Deno, uh, something along that line. Uh, he he couldn't end up, if there's 60 face-offs tonight, mm-hmm. use that number, Okay. Would it, be, would it be inconceivable for William Carlson to take 30 of them? No. I don't think so. No. Uh, and, and, and it might be it might be even even higher than that. So when, when you talk about uh, looking at him to produce offense, if you've got the puck and you're winning some faceoffs, that's good. But I, I think the primary goal tonight uh, for William Carlson and how he's going to be utilized is going to be uh, to try and start shifts with the puck, maybe some quick changes, and or stop uh, the the be, be a good matchup for uh, the the top two lines of of the uh, Los Angeles Kings. Bruce isn't a big matchup guy. He yeah. he he loves to be able to roll out his sixty. Uh, his three pairs there and and his four lines. He doesn't he doesn't chase a lot of those matchups tonight. Might be tonight might be the exception because of the lack of uh, reps that Amadio has taken. They're always doing faceoff drills, but live fire in a game against uh, Philip Deneau is a little bit different sure. than uh, Joel Ward dropping pucks at the end of practice and uh, against whoever uh that uh, that that line your buddy lining up uh, across from you so that's that's an area where i think uh there'll be more of a focus for william if they if they get the puck and he gets opportunities that that's independent of of his role and and surely uh he'll he'll be wanting to uh take advantage of those opportunities and be able to reignite uh a, another point streak which ended at nine games with his with a season high but the the you're going to see a lot of uh of William Carlson on the ice as either the primary faceoff guy or a secondary faceoff guy uh off defensive zone faceoffs in particular and and that number one unit, like who takes uh, who takes draws on the other side uh, w- w- with Jack? Uh, do, do, do they do that? Do they move um, uh, Bill around? I'll be I'll be curious to see what they do with the number one unit with the with the Stevenson uh, absence. But if half the faceoffs would not be a surprise if if it falls into William Carlson's uh, boat tonight uh, that that he's the guy that's swinging that oar in the in the dot. Yeah, I, I would expect that he's he's at least taking 50% of the draws tonight for the Golden Knights. And, you know, I'm, I'm also interested at, at, you know, if there's ever going if there's going to be a pocket inside of this game where we see William Carlson alongside Mark Stone. That's that's a duo that I've, I've wanted to see together, um, maybe more than we've seen it from time to time um, over the course of, of their careers together. Uh, so I just I do wonder if that's something we see in in certain situations tonight uh, in this game. Well, if it's a defensive zone faceoff mm-hmm. and it's Stone's line up, that's some pressure on Amadio. Yeah, absolutely. To to win that draw and get you out of any type of of pressure against a very good faceoff team uh, with unbelievable uh, percentages in being able to win draw. So does Carlson take those faceoffs with that line uh, instead of Michael Amadio, and then they do the the quick shift. That's that could be some of what we what we see tonight 
from a a pivot utility uh, just to get try and 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 win that draw when you when you're playing a, a king's team uh, that that is so uh, accomplished and you're you're putting out Amadio who I, I should check and see how many draws they got the information right in front of me what what Amadio's uh, faceoff uh, numbers are this year that that's a big ask for for even a, a, a veteran player uh, like him so Amadio this year it, it's good it's 57 percent uh, in, in limited draws uh, this year I don't have the exact number of, of how many he's taken it won't be that many uh, this year but Fifty-seven uh, percent. Paul Cotter has has fifty-seven percent. So I mean, he's, he's taken one of those seven. Guys. He's taken seven draws. Yeah. This year. So yep. there, that that answers the question of yep. of how much he's been able to to lean into that. But you, what you are missing uh, this year is is somebody that uh, like like Nick Waugh, who takes a ton of faceoffs mm-hmm. and is over fifty percent. You're missing an ability to put him out as a, a faceoff guy and be able to take those draws. And be able to to lean uh, into that opportunity, or a second faceoff guy uh, in a defensive zone situation or a late game uh, situation. Chandler Stevenson is over fifty percent this year. It takes a, takes a ton of draws, and uh, guys with uh, with a lot more experience, recent experience, uh, in being able to take those. So, I'm not a. I will say I'm not a big believer in the ratio or connection between faceoffs and the game result. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vegas lost the game against Chicago in overtime and it wasn't even close like it was like 70 to 30 sure. in in favor of faceoffs Vegas yeah. to to Chicago but they found a way to to score timely goals or, or win the puck back and uh, and we, we saw a similar result uh, against uh, I think it was Colorado uh, where Colorado was really good in the dot and they they weren't very good in that game so uh, it, it can it can be overstated but it it takes what it does do is if you win those uh draws in your own zone it takes a lot of pressure off you and that's where i where i try to look is own zone face-offs or offensive zone face-offs where where are you uh taking that or power play uh, are you winning draws on on the power play are you winning draws while while you're shorthanded those are a lot more uh impactful and you you might be uh, able to have a decent night, but in, in a defensive situation, if if you lost the last three draws, and they've got three shots, four shots off it, you're putting your 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 team in harm's way, and it's it's not a, a great situation where you're down two centermen out of four in your in your in your lineup in your A lineup. Uh, you're you're going to have to find different ways to to win faceoffs. So the Dorofiev uh, and Cotter will play a hand in trying to win uh, faceoffs for. Uh, the likes of, of William Carlson, and you'll also need Mark Stone and, and Will Carrier mm-hmm. helping out Michael Amadio to get in there and, and have a winger win uh, every now and then. And that's not something that those guys have to be told. Uh, they <laughs> realize that, at least being able to cancel out and not, not lose draws cleanly in, in, in defensive zone situations. Everybody dialed into the details. That's that's what it's going to take tonight. Dialed in and, and a fun game, right? Yeah, I'm, this, I'm this should be. The, you you talked to uh, uh, the the world off the top of the show about uh, the the standings and this being a, a big game, and mm-hmm. we know the impact of what Vancouver's win in regulation against Edmonton the other night did for the Canucks and having a, a cushion 
on a team that has Stanley Cup aspirations, not just making the playoffs, Stanley Cup aspirations in the Edmonton Oilers. And Vancouver's 14 points ahead of the Oilers before the middle of November. Yeah. Well, Vegas <laughs> uh, right now has a chance at a 12th win so far this year. Yep. But also it can, can put uh, a, a couple more points between themselves and Los Angeles. You win tonight. Whoever wins tonight has the potential of winning three out of four points against the other, depending yep. on, I know, regulation and, and shootout. But if, if, if Vegas is, is able to win in regulation tonight, that's, that's two more points up on, on a Los Angeles team that's had a good start to the season. Yeah, I mean, and and still and has still lost pretty significant ground to to the to the Vegas Golden Knights uh, hockey club. Yeah, you'd have a, a nine point lead over over the Los Angeles Kings in terms of the standings. And again, you can't like lock up your your standings or, or win the division here in the month of November. But this this cushion that you can build against the teams that you expect to be there at the end is is going to play. Uh, pay dividends down the road. So yeah, it's a big game, obviously a big game for the Golden Knights. It's also a big game for L.A. Like you're seven points back with, with a you know a couple of games in hand. If, if you get this one in regulation, if you're the Kings, you cut that down to five and you're feeling pretty good about where you are in, in relation to where the Golden Knights are. Well, I think the, the opportunity for L.A. is immense. Yeah, it's huge. If, if you win in regulation, you get it down to five. Then you add in those two games in hand, yeah. you win both those, and – on equal games played, you're a point behind. Yeah, and that's with Vegas ripping off uh, historic starts to the season, with the opportunity to still add to it uh, this year, this week, with the uh, potential with a couple of wins to have the the best 15 game start in National Hockey League history. But it can go the other way, and that that's been the significance of LA's seven two and two start, mm-hmm. and being able to to be six and zero on the road is is they've. They've lost the minimal amount of ground to the Stanley Cup champions uh, that that they could possibly hope for with with seven wins and and points in in nine of eleven. It, it's still been a good start, but you can you can make them think about that too, mm-hmm. in the sense of we're off to this great start and the game ends in regulation and Vegas is favored tonight and there's a nine point gap. Like they'll start to think that there's no way they can keep <laughs> up with them. You're not, you don't give up, but there, there is that mental uh, gymnastic uh, uh, act that, that people play going, we've had a marvelous start to the season, and we're not even close to the total that those guys have, uh, or Vegas can uh, go the other way. I think it's going to be a fun game, and it's going to be a challenging game, uh, probably more so for Vegas because mm-hmm. of the injuries. And, and what's uh, what's come uh, their way as far as absences from the lineup. But if you look at Martinez, is he should be back in the lineup, if not tonight, soon. Uh, White Cloud should be back in the lineup Friday or yep. next week. Yep. Uh, you're getting closer. Chandler Stevenson's not going to play the rest of this week, but uh, from the sounds of it, he's going to make the trip. So he's going to be back in the lineup, and hopefully Nick Waugh and Nick Haig uh, are closer. There's as, as dire as it looks because you're missing half your defenseman and you're missing two year or four forwards. They're not long-term absences, and you, you win a game tonight and you've got San Jose on Friday. You can still uh, add to this this marvelous campaign, and I reiterate: if Vegas wins the next two, it's the best 15-game start 
in NHL history, which would be a point ahead of last year in which Vegas equaled the best 15-game start in NHL history. So it, it, it feels funny to me that we're talking about being challenged uh, by some adversity mm-hmm. with what's going on, but to get to that stage in a historic number, you you, you got to – this team uh, has to get through a, a little bit of a roadblock. It's the reality of the situation. It, it, it just is. As, as good as the Golden Knights have been – to start the year and as great as their record is like this game is going to be one of their tougher tests because of what is out of the lineup. You know, you miss Nick Waugh, you're missing a lot. You miss Chandler Stevenson, you're missing a lot. And then you compound that with, you know, potentially uh, no, you, you, without Nick Haig, without uh, Zach Whitecloud, depending on whether or not Alec Martinez plays, it seems like he's going to, but, but we're not a hundred percent sure just yet. Like that's a, that's a, that's a tough, tall, ask against a really good very deep talented Los Angeles team 6-0 on the road 6-0 away from crypto.com they went through the east and ripped it up and a big part of that is Cam Talbot Uh, he has just set a record uh, or uh, some NHL history he's one off the National Hockey League's all-time mark. Uh, I'll tell you about that and the connection to the Vegas Golden Knights as we continue from Studio 31 and T-Mobile Arena. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas. Opportunity available. should mention that. We've talked about different people that have to or are expected to or need to uh, raise the uh, production level even beyond what that top line has done. That's uh, a lot to ask, but you also have uh, different players in the form of uh, uh, Paul Cotter or a William Carrier who's going to skate again has played his way up in the lineup and and skates with uh, with Mark Stone and Michael Amadio uh, on that line uh, do you get uh, breakout performances or uh, do you uh, put those positions in uh, players in a position to succeed and and great get great results out of it uh, Carrier did that a year ago uh, Paul Cotter has been able to go on on different runs and that that's the type of uh, delivering of performances that the Golden Knights are hoping they're going to get tonight. It's absolutely an opportunity for a Paul Cotter or a Will Carrier. And as we talked about earlier with Carrier, I think, you know, since coming back from injury, his game has gotten better and better and better. He scored in three straight games. Uh, those are the, the signs you want to see from Carrier again after a, a career year last year. And then for Paul Cotter, I think that there have been some some flashes, some moments earlier this season where you know, he's he's made some brilliant plays. Obviously, uh, the between-the-legs goal uh, was one of them. But you, you, if you get that tonight, uh, it's, this feels like a game that's custom-built for a, a, a Paul Cotter moment, if there ever was one. Cotter, Dorofiev has a flair for it. And we know the Midas touch that uh, William Carlson has right now. Um, breakout performances. Stand-up moments. Uh, Jack Eichel just has that that ability. Whether it's the the slam dunk goal uh, that he, he put forward against uh, Winnipeg earlier this year, or coming back and and finding that a couple of occasions uh, against the the Colorado Avalanche, I, I think that he's he's more uh, at home in these moments and feels uh, certainly like uh, like he relishes them and, and welcomes them, not just being comfortable, he welcomes them. He wants to be the guy. And, and I think he doesn't need to be the guy here on most nights, especially when this team is healthy. And, and he, he still, 
was an absolute driver for them in the postseason. And I just think that when you have an opportunity for Jack Eichel to, to flex the muscles a little bit more, he, he relishes it. He enjoys it. He wants to be that guy. So I'm expecting a big game out of him too. And defensively, if, if Martinez is able to go, mm-hmm. then you've got two of your your top pairs. Yeah. So we know that White Cloud and Hag are going to get more minutes compared to the last couple of years. They've earned that, and they've they've grown into being reliable and dependable and productive uh, on that third pairing. Mm-hmm. But if you need to go through a, a night with uh, a higher minutes with the likes of Theodore and McNabb, and if Martinez is able to go with uh, with Alex Petrangelo, and you, you lean on number seven and, and number 27 because you don't play again until Friday, and then you don't play again until uh, the start of next week. Yep. It, it's, a, it's a really good situation for John Stevens and, and the Vegas Golden Knights to, to be in right now uh, if the likes of, of Martinez is able to, to jump back into the lineup. Yeah, you have an opportunity to maybe empty the gas tank a little yeah. bit more in this spot because you do only have two games this week because uh, you've got L.A. and then you've got San Jose, then you're on the road, but you don't have to play until Tuesday. Like, that's certainly on the table, I think. And if you if you have an idea that, you know, Zach Whitecloud could be back as early as Friday and Nick Haig is also on the horizon, then, yeah, I think uh, in this game, if it's warranted, if you need to, empty the tank. I love it. And between the two blue lines, there's there's a lot of sizzle there. So if you see more of the, the top two pairings of, of the Vegas Golden Knights against uh, that uh, thorn in the, in the Golden Knights side or public enemy number one, uh, the villain uh, in Drew Doughty, mm-hmm. fine with it. Uh, let's go. And this game's on national television tonight. Yeah. Uh, we, we know that TNT's got it. They, they've got it for a reason, and it's really come out well uh, for them to have both these uh, teams off to, to fantastic starts. And uh, I know that, uh, that Jack, for one, has always been somebody that uh, seems to uh, find a way to be impactful on national television nights. East Coast guy, uh, West Coast exposure. And that's something that uh, that will will keep an an eye and see if that trend continues. Uh, let's take a break. We'll tee up hour number two, which will include Bruce Cassidy, his availability from today. One timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Uh, we have a first win by the last team without a victory. Tell you how that came about as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Studio 31 pregame show on Script Sports coming up at 6.30. That's uh, with myself and Dave Gosher, the pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas with Ryan Wallace at 6 o'clock carrying you through the hour leading up to this game between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Los Angeles Kings. Coming up in hour number two, we're going to get into the details with Bruce Cassidy, what he expects tonight. And Vegas used to be a primarily a rush team that that was where they generated a lot of its offense and it's morphed and transitioned and matured into a club that can uh, certainly put the puck in the net off in zone pressure and uh, being able to contribute there you heard some of that from Jonathan Marcheseau that line can kill you either way mm-hmm. They've got some great forecheck attributes, especially with Jack and in uh, his new uh, found or blossoming ability uh, to, to find pucks and, and be able to replay the way he's grown into it. But transition, they, they, they've always had that. And that might be off that 1-3-1, be able to turn pucks around and go the other way that L.A. 
serves with one three one might be there for the taking. Yeah, it absolutely is is on the table there for the Golden Knights. Um, and you mentioned it. They're a more dynamic team. They can score in a lot of different ways now. It's not just predicated off of what they can do on the rush, but this might be a game where the rush propels them. Hour number two coming up from T-Mobile and Studio 31 of Fox Sports Las Vegas. Stay with us.